El futuro tiene nada más que la confrontación. Hey, welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. I used to write a bunch of weekly columns for a bunch of internet places, and I'd use those columns to put forth all sorts of crazy opinions. Then, I'd come on this show to defend those opinions. But now, nobody knows anymore. Joining me today, he's a fantastic comedian who you've heard on this show before, but it's been a long time. You can see him doing all sorts of fun stuff online, and on top of that, he will beat your ass like the way they do in Thailand. Ladies and gentlemen, JP Brown. Also joining me, speaking of fantastic comedians, our next guest has a comedy album out on all of the platforms that you can listen to right now. It's called Dandy Man. Go listen to it. Also, go see him tell jokes the next time he's in your area. Ladies and gentlemen, Stuart Thompson. It's gonna be a great show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. Joining me as co-host this week, ooh, my favorite co-host of all, no co-host. But I do have a couple of guests Case in point, here for the first time in about 10,000 years, J.P. Brown. Salutations, y'all. What up? How's it going, man? It's going. It's going ups and downs, downs and ups, but I'm still staying above water, so that's good. That is all we can ask. That was so morbid, I know, but still. (laughs) Also here, Stuart Thompson. Hey, good to be back. How's it going, man? That's okay, man. I've been traveling a lot, and I'm excited to not be on a plane for a little while, and I'm excited to uh, share an unpopular opinion or two. I am excited, too. We're doing another Unpopular Opinions episode. Stuart and JP, both comedians. At the end of the show, we'll do plugs. You'll find out where you can find more from everybody, including me, but you know where to find me. Right here, baby. We are, like I said, doing another Unpopular Opinions episode. I think we got some barn burners here today. That's become a very popular phrase. Oh, yeah, I love that phrase. I heard it while I was playing like WWE 2K19. <laughs> I was like, barn burner, I like that. Hell yeah, I'm going to use that. Yeah, it just describes you- something that's very action-packed. I think I first heard it in professional wrestling. Yeah, it was. I think it was uh, Roddy Roddy Piper. I saw a clip of it on YouTube, Roddy Roddy Piper versus uh, Jimmy Snuka. He's going to have his hands full, Red. Yes, he will have his hands full with Jimmy Superfly Snuka. And I can guarantee you, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be a barn burner. You know? And it was. <laughs> it was. Rowdy, it was a Roddy good match. Piper versus Jimmy Superfly Snuka was indeed a barn burner. Yes. Mm-hmm. I watched it live because I'm very old. I mean, yeah. <laughs> You're timeless. Yeah. Exactly. That's, yeah, that's right. A, that's a better way to put it. Hell yeah. I went to my first uh, WrestleMania like a couple of weeks ago, the one at SoFi Stadium. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was. I wanted to get a ticket, but it was like hella expensive. And I was like, oh, man, I guess I'm not going to make it. And then one another comedian buddy uh, like hit me up in my DMs. He was like, hey, man, are you a wrestling fan? You want to go uh, to WrestleMania this weekend? I got some extra tickets. I'm selling for 100 bucks. I was like, dude, bet. Let's go. So I did that. And yeah, man, it was... It was fun. I considered going. We had comedian Rivers Langley on recently, and he's a big wrestling fan. And he brought up WrestleMania at SoFi. And I was like, oh, I think I would go to that. And he goes, dude, I haven't bought my tickets yet. So as soon as the episode ended, I texted him and was like, hey, man, I really would go to WrestleMania. Like, I've never seen one live and in person. And Rivers never texted me back. So oh, no. I didn't yes. I didn't go to oh, WrestleMania no. this year. Yeah, I felt like every male comedian over 30 in LA was at WrestleMania. Except me. But yeah, I did see the first WrestleMania on pay-per-view. But back then pay-per-view meant you went to your local arena or auditorium and watched it on a big screen. Oh, and oh no. It still cost you like $35. But it was great. Oh my God. It was great. Yeah, yeah. I was eight, so it was I had the time of my life. Oh yes. Hell yes. So anyway, unpopular opinions. Who wants to start? I'll start. You'll start? All right. Yeah. Stuart, I think I got a I think I got a good away. one to get us started. 
So the first one I want to start with, guys, is, you know, I, I work as a when I'm not doing comedy, I'm also a, a private tutor. So I've gotten to work with a lot of uh, students. And I, for a long time, prided myself on being smart in an academic sense. It's kind of what I tied a lot of my identity to. And now that I've worked with a lot of uh, a lot of dumb kids <laughs> and <laughs> I've realized that it is light years better to be stupid than it is to be smart. How so? I kind of break it down into like there's two types of smarts that you can learn growing up. And some people learn a mix of both. And some people learn a little more of one than the other. I think there's like book smarts and there's life smarts. And I think the life smarts is what really translates more for like the rest of your life, like beyond high school and college. Some people call it street smarts, but I, I just call it life smarts. And I've started to really envy dumb people because there is like, you know, I was that type of smart kid who like, I knew I could do the group project better than anyone else in the group. So I just did it all myself, but that's so stressful. And smart kids don't understand what real struggle is until much later in life, because I was able to solve most of the problems that came my way, you know, through logical reasoning. I didn't really have a class that was really tough for me, like a real obstacle that I, I had to learn how to work really hard and push myself and get over that hump. So, you know, I, when I tutor like a B and C student, they learn that they're not the best at something really early. Yeah. And then they learn humility and they learn to recognize that they have to work hard if they want to make improvements in their life. It's a great skill for life. <laughs> <laughs> smart people think they can do everything all themselves when most of the time they can't, but yeah. they're too egotistical to accept help from others. Huh. That's, That's my opinion. Interesting. Cause when you said that at first, I mean, you definitely took it in a direction that I was not expecting for sure. And that's the, those are very, very valid points. When you said that, I was thinking to myself, like, okay, we always hear the phrase ignorance is bliss. Mm -hmm. Right. We hear that a lot and stuff. And the more I think about it, when you, especially when you go down that rabbit hole, that's the problem with, well, problem in a loose term, of course, with being smart, because it's like, now you're in the knowledge of all this other stuff. Like, say, for example, let's talk about like, I don't know, social and racial injustice, whatever, any type of thing along that spectrum, whatever you want to look at when you gain more knowledge as to what's happening and what's really happening behind the scenes or in, right in front of you for that matter, it brings you down a lot. Cause then you're realizing, Oh my God, this is how the world is like Jesus. And it's like, what do I do to fix this? And it's like, you, you start to feel helpless. Like I can't fix this now. Like dad, or mm -hmm. I can't fix it alone, even if, as much as I'd want to. And as much as I try to like educate other people about what's going on this, that, and the third, it's like some people are willing to listen and willing to accept other people aren't other people are just like, you're fucking crazy or whatever, you know? And it, it, it does kind of get to you. Whereas, you know, the ignorant people or willful, willfully ignorant people or even stupid people are just like, fuck, yeah, let's do this shit. Let's party. Everything's fantastic. Woo! You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's completely blissful for them to not have that knowledge. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Dumb people know they can't do it all themselves. And so that's when we realize that we can't do certain things ourselves, we have to rely on other people for help. And that's how communities are built. Mm -hmm. that's how, you know, exchange of goods and services comes into play. So that I think dumb people are really important for civilization to continue to thrive. Hmm. This is a hard thing to talk about because I grew up as what society would call a gifted child. Okay. So same, I, same. Yeah, yeah. So I was in like the advanced classes and all of that shit. And I don't know, it kind of, I think you're right. It kind of has come back to bite me in adulthood in that it's exactly what you said. Like, I feel like I can figure anything out and I feel like I can do pretty much anything on my own. And all that really leads to is me taking on too much work and too much responsibility and not trusting other people enough to do the work that I need done. And absolutely none of that is beneficial to my 
life or my happiness. Totally. So, yeah, I think I, I kind of agree. I just I find I don't know. The word dumb is weird. Like it's mm, for sure. I'm being I'm being a little a little callous and a little yeah. um, wide sweeping, but maybe I can adjust. I'll say I envy the B and C students in, yeah. of the world. I mean, there are certain people who are limited in a certain way where it's like, no, this is going to be really tough for you. And maybe in ways I, I can't even begin to understand. But, you know, those people in the middle of the pack, you know, the people at the top of the bell curve, not the people at the ends. I think those people are the best suited for life. And I've noticed lately in the last, you know, 10 or 12 years since I've, you know, finished college and kind of been a, just a functioning adult in the world. I, and I was, you know, a straight A student. I went to a great college. I kind of did all the things on paper that any parent would be super excited for their child to have achieved. And I did it all pretty gracefully without a lot of big impediments. I realized that a lot of the stuff that I learned in the classroom was not the stuff that was going to prepare me for what was coming next. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting. You mentioned that as well. And it's interesting. You mentioned that Adam about being in the enrichment programs as you're going through school. Cause that was, yeah, that was my story as well. And I definitely did struggle a lot, especially when you're brought up in a society that makes you feel like you're dumb. That was a constant for me in like junior high and um, in high school. And stuff. Well, for the amount of time that I was in the enrichment programs and it was just, I remember classmates, it's like, I, I couldn't even concentrate on what the tasks were because it was like, I'm just constantly getting like, just picked on for not being smart enough or whatever, you know, but then it's like, okay. But then once you get to high school and you're going through all this stuff and you have all these teachers who are just, Oh, well you're in this program. You should be doing this by now blah, 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 or whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I'll never, it's like, yeah, fuck you, Mr. McDonough. Anyway, <laughs> no, exactly. no, you know, fuck that guy because every time, <laughs> like I remember, you know, when he'd be grading our mark, our answers on our tests and he'd just be sitting there with a smug attitude, like, Oh, this is too easy. Oh, too Easy. It's like, yeah, if I was if I was doing this for 10 years, it'd be easy for me too, motherfucker. Shut yeah. up. You know, if I had a fully developed brain, yeah. I would get this too. And then finding out long ago that like at that time I was like, wait, so you mean these don't mean anything even when it comes to universities and stuff? I mean, that was my experience in Toronto. And I was like, oh, okay, well, why the hell am I doing any of this anyway? <laughs> but then yeah. Yeah, but then also when you come out of college and you're just like, okay, uh, uh <laughs> What do I do now? I, I've got this paper here. This is great. And uh, what do I yeah. do? How do how do I function in this society now? Yeah, yeah the, the way school systems treat like who they determine to be gifted or like gifted kids, you know, especially intelligent kids, it doesn't do them a lot of favors in terms of integrating in social situations. Because mm. my entire schooling from like fourth grade through high school, I was completely segregated where I just only got to go to class with the other gifted kids. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it was the best way to approach high school because it is like this thing where you're like, all right, well, here's where you belong. Mm -hmm. And then everyone yeah. else is doing what they should be doing. And I don't know if that's the right way to approach kids who are just a little smarter than the other kids because to this day I don't know how I ended up there mm -hmm. you know I did fine at school but I don't know that I did any better than anyone else but I just kind of ended up in these gifted programs and it ended up being a thing where like all my friends were in other classes and mm -hmm. I had to be in classes with people I fucking hated and yes wanted to fight that it, part didn't necessarily make my high school experience better. Yeah, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I definitely went through a period in school, actually twice, where I like purposely decided, well, I'm not going to do homework and I'm not going to try hard in school. And I'm going to see what that life is like, because all my friends who didn't give a shit about grades seemed like they were having so much more fun than me. Yep. Mm -hmm. and oh, yes. So I remember like seventh grade, 
I was like a team playing for the number one pick. Like I intentionally tanked that year of school mm. because I was just like, what's it like? Like, what's it like to be my friend Bryson who doesn't give a fucking fuck about mm. school, but seems like he's having so much fun and God damn it. That wasn't fun either. Like that. Right. I just got yelled at by my mom. But I was also, like, cognizant of the fact that, like, yeah, everyone else is still kind of avoiding me. And I'm just, like, not getting good grades now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know what the answer is, really. I mean, I understand that there are students who are going to be ahead and there's going to be students that are behind. And the students who get ahead in in a class of, let's say, 30 students, they might find themselves bored. And that can be a little tough for their intellectual development. We want, you know, I would love for any and all students to feel motivated and excited to learn in whatever way makes sense for them to learn. But I, I just think there is sometimes a lonesome endeavor to the path of being in the accelerated program. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that it can lead to a lot of sometimes well-placed, but a lot of times misplaced expectations about what that person should be doing with their life. Like, well, you are this smart. We hope that you will do something really profound in your later years. Mm -hmm. And maybe that person will. But I feel like putting those expectations is an unnecessary level of pressure for a person who might not be able to know how to handle that type of pressure. Yeah. Or, yeah, exactly. It's just like there's a difference between what you expect that person to do versus what they actually want to do versus right. what they actually feel like doing. It's like, it's almost like you're forcing them into this sort of, you're, you're forcing them onto, for lack of a better term, the, the learning train. Like you got to learn all of this right now, right now, get it into your head as quickly as possible. Blah, blah, blah. I have this on our desk by this time, blah, blah, blah. Otherwise you fail. And, and it's just like, dude, can I just take this at my own pace, please? Like, and who knows, maybe this, I mean, how many stories have we heard of students who have been told you'll never do this and you'll never do that and you'll never amount to this and you'll never have that much money you'll you'll never own this business and whatever. And then that person eventually just says, yeah, watch this. And they do something like astronomical. Yeah. Right. It's like all of a sudden they become the CEO of a fortune 500 company or, or they become Jay-Z or they become Steve jo- or whatever the case may be. Right. I mean, me, I'm currently in the process of, you know, like doing like an IT support course and stuff, you know, just to have a little bit better of a side hustle, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's like, you know, I still get that sort of effect where, geez, am I even smart enough for this stuff? Like, am I even capable of doing this? And then I'm doing these practice quizzes and passing them like aces and stuff. And I'm like, oh, I guess I am. I guess, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, maybe sometimes, like, I think it goes back to that saying, when the student is ready to learn, the teacher will show, will, will be there or something like that. Okay. Right. I yeah, think that's I how think I, know I, talking about. I, I could be completely butchering this entire thing. When the, right. student, when the student has a stomach ache, the teacher will be, will be mowing the lawn. Like <laughs> what? Yeah. You know that, right. It's profound. Like the teacher will have the tums. <laughs> right. When that cat starts singing the polka, then you'll know they just like, where were these analogies even going? You know, but it's maybe people are ready to learn things at different times in their life. You know what I mean? Maybe, I don't know for certain, but I feel that sometimes that's just how it happens that people are just ready to learn at certain times in their lives. Uh, Some pick up on it a little bit earlier than others, but as long as we're all figuring this stuff out in the end, I mean, that's what we're really all doing anyway. We're all trying to figure this stuff out. Right. Yeah, man, this is good weed. (laughs) Stuart, do you have any any final thoughts since this was your opinion before we move on yeah i i would just say like just remember if you're listening and you are you know a smart kid or a dumb kid some label's been put on your intelligence just know that everyone around you is an imperfect person who is also just doing the best they can yeah so just like just a little bit of big picture that i missed out on when i was that age and you know we're all kind of flawed and we're all just kind of figuring it out so don't put too too much stake in any one outcome yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely just survive school 
at this point. Yeah, like, just hang out, you know? Yeah. Yes. If you make it through, you did it. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. All right. JP Brown, what's your first opinion? Me? Well, my first opinion, honestly, well, and I, I keep bringing this up and, you know, because I, I truly believe that somewhere, somehow it can happen. I really do believe that eternal life, eternal youth and invincibility needs to become a reality. Like I always hear people say like, oh, you know, why do you want to live forever? I'm like, because living's better than dying. I mean, <laughs> I really believe it is. And not only that, but I want to be able to see what we as a species can do later on. I mean, look how far we've come now. Have we made mistakes? Sure. Yeah, definitely. Nobody goes through life without making mistakes. It's impossible. But there's a lot of us who learn from these mistakes and want to keep going further. I mean, and and plus look at all the stuff that we have now, look at how far we've come like now versus like the eighties versus the seventies, fifties, thirties, you know, stuff like that. And I, I want to see more of this. And let's be real. Like imagine being able to choose what age you want to stay for, for the rest of your life. And you're invincible. I think that's pretty awesome. I, I really do. Yes. I watch a lot of sci-fi. <laughs> I have way more thoughts on this than I thought I would. Yeah, yeah. First of all, wouldn't we just run out of space? Like if we're talking about keeping like physical bodies Mm -hmm. same age like say you're 34 and you're like i want to be 34 forever Mm -hmm. we're gonna run out of room eventually because oh with the whole having we're still making people also yeah yeah i had a question about this like if we're if we get to live forever are we all still procreating um i think at that point i mean obviously everybody would have a choice whether or not they want to have kids or not Right. right But there's a huge surge of people who are literally just coming out and saying, like, no, I don't want to have kids. Like, <laughs> there are a lot of people who, who don't want kids. There are people who there are people who do, but there is tons of them who are coming out who are just like, yeah, no, I'm good. You know, I would take eternal youth if you still die. Like hmm. if, if eternal youth means I know I'm fucking up the definition of eternal here, but mm-hmm. like if yeah, eternal a youth youth, preservation of sorts. Yeah. Like if it meant you live to be 90, but you just look 30 the whole time. Yes. You look and yeah, feel 30. Sign yes. Me yeah. Sign that, me up with enough hyaluronic acid. You can <laughs> achieve this. <laughs> I do moisturize pretty aggressively. So do I have Yo, a skincare same. product for you? Yeah. <laughs> right. My, yeah. My skincare routine is like Christian Bale, American psycho rigid. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. but I, I, and I agree with that too. Cause like, I wouldn't mind the whole aging process if we didn't have to deal with the deterioration and decay that seems to come with it. I'd rather not have that, especially Mm. like my, one of my biggest fears is to reach that certain point where I'm physically and mentally unable to do the things that I can do now. I dread that moment. I I wouldn't wish it on anybody. You know, I, I like because I like being functional physically and intellectually and emotionally, you know, I, I love that feeling. And I, like I said, I, as shitty as life can be, sometimes it's pretty damn awesome for most of it. Right. Just the fact that we're able to do this right now, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and then, and then to think that what we can do later on to, to think that we have, rem, you know, we can work remotely or we can communicate with people across oceans And then I imagine, like, what can we do beyond this planet? Because eventually we're going to have to get off this because apparently billions of years from now, the sun's going to get so big that it's going to completely engulf the whole planet. Right. So time to go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think hopefully by that time, yeah, we'll reach that sort of Star Trek era of travel and communicating with other life forms across galaxies and universes and so on. I really hope that's what we get to. And I'd love to be there to see that. I think that would be amazing. Yeah. I would like for people who think you're talking crazy right now. And uh, probably a lot. There's probably a lot right now. Like the fuck's this going to be? I'm still hung up on eternal youth. And I Mm -hmm. would 
put forth this question because again, living forever is going to cause space problems. Like we're mm. just going to run out of room just, and yeah, logistical issues and things like right. that. And I have advocated for a long time that my preferred version of like a post-apocalypse scenario is that one where there's just a central computer that's making all of our decisions. And like, we just have to do what the computer says for one, that seems very stress-free to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I trust the computer to give me the life I deserve, I guess. But I the computer. The yeah. same computer we trust. The version of that that always resonates most with me, because it's one of my favorite books, is This Perfect Day by Ira Levin, same guy that wrote Rosemary's Baby and a bunch of other shit. This Perfect Day is the only book of his that hasn't ever been made into a movie. And in This Perfect Day, there's the central computer that makes all your decisions. But also, at, I think, the age of 62, you're just out. Like, you're done. They retire you from society hmm. when you hit that age. And Like, you're executed or you're... Yeah, you're you're killed. Oh, you're like, okay. You're, you die at <laughs> yeah, you said retired, and it's like okay, and it's like right, what's and, how, what kind of retirement are we talking here? And that is positioned as this really brutal thing in the book. But imagine if you paired that with like an eternal youth thing, mm. where like you're gonna hit a point in life where you're like, this is how I want to look and feel the rest of my life. And the computer's like, done. But you're going to die in like 40, 50 years. Like, we're all going to die at the same age. Would you rather live those extra 30 or 40 years as we do now, where you're just deteriorating and getting sicker and older and more frail? Or would you rather live 62 years as your best fucking self? Like, just enjoying life the way you did in your 20s. You have all the physical abilities, all the mental cognition, all of that. But you know the time is going to come where you're just you're going to be killed by the state. It's the Neil Jesus. Young thing. Is it better to burn out or fade away? It's an interesting question. I don't know. It sounds like that computer definitely needs a software update because what kind of bullshit is that man it's like, if it can get updates every single time how come we can't like what's right, what about us you know because we're still going to run out of space yeah Unless yeah we find more space true when i think about prospects for the future for the future of the planet a lot of the outlook is pretty grim mm. and you know as much as i want to see what people achieve in you know, a hundred years, a thousand years, 10,000 years, a million years, because the sun's, the sun's not going to supernova until about four and a half billion years from now. Mm-hmm. As much as I want to see what happens as I become older and wiser, I become a lot more comfortable with and appreciative of the fact that this game, this game of life ends. Mm. Yeah. Because having an end point gives me the motivation to want to do things and want to make the most of my limited time, my finite time on this planet Mm -hmm. in this consciousness that I currently understand. Right. You know, I frankly don't know what happens when we die. I don't know if anyone really knows. I think people have some, some fun hypotheses, but Mm -hmm. like all we can really like, get close to concluding is that we just experience things differently in death than we do in life. So for me, the idea of eternal life or some sort of imperviousness to the aging process feels like it would be a real demotivator. It's kind of like the way I feel when I have no, nothing scheduled on a particular day. Mm. Like if I have, like if I have a free Wednesday and my work as a tutor is seasonal, and sometimes my stand-up work, it comes in waves. So, like, there will be times this coming summer where I will have nothing on the calendar. And I will be excited about that. I'll be excited about the, you know, the potentially infinite possibilities. Like, look at all the things we could do. Yeah. You know, it's like it's unlimited time with this day. Uh, there's nothing restricting me. But I end up getting, most of the time, nothing done Yeah, on a free day. Yeah. I'm personally at my best when I'm moderately busy. Yeah. 
Yeah. I don't want to be overworked, of course, because that that can be really grating. And I end up being really rough to people around me uh, temperament wise. But when I'm moderately busy, when I have a few things guiding my day, I know that in the other pieces of free time, I got to get these other things done. Yeah. Because there's a limit. And the limit is what motivates me. And maybe that's just my conditioning. Maybe I'm not as enlightened a being as you might be, JP. (laughs) You know, I'm in this way. I might not. But for me, I think knowing that the game ends makes the game exciting. That's a good point. That is definitely a good point. You know, it's just funny because like I, I do think about that a lot as well. You know, it's like, OK, what what will happen if I I am living forever? It's like, will I still be motivated to do this and that? Even a friend brought up to me like, hey, you know, it's like I think we would get bored, you know, of this eternity. That's a possibility. Yes, we could definitely get bored of this and lose motivation to do anything else. But then would we, though? Because yeah, I, I, I think we'd, we'd always be, we'd always find a way to be motivated to do something else. I mean, especially with how far we've come now, it all started from somebody saying, what would happen if I do this, right? Like everything we have now was a result of, you know, let's try this. So I think, I don't know if we would get bored. I think we would actually be more I think we would be more motivated to, to find other stuff to do and find other um, goals to achieve because we'd um, be bored. Yeah. You know, it's like we'd, we'd find something to do. I mean, during lockdown, people like stacked milk crates into pyramids and thought it was a great idea. Hey, let's try this challenge to the makeup to this, this top of na- the top of these narrow milk crate pyramids. I mean, that's a poor example, but <laughs> it's like, we'll find stuff to do. I think. Right. Yeah. Well, I admire your optimism about that. I, <laughs> I do not have that same optimism for right. me because mm. I know during the heat of the pandemic, I felt pretty existentially depressed mm. and it was true. really hard. Yeah. It was really hard to write anything creative. It was hard. To, I mean, I, I, I was grateful to have like work to do. Like, yeah. I still tutored during the pandemic. So I, I like, I remembered what day it was. Like I never lost track of that, but like, Mm. man, anything else, it was like, it was really tough. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel you on that one. I have a quick question though. I'm curious because you mentioned this idea of eternal life and living is better than dying. I'm curious. Do you have any fear around dying? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I don't like the idea of it. I mean, I've seen obviously like everybody else, I've seen a lot of deaths in my life. And it sucks. It's a really soul crushing feeling to see the people that you love, like your heroes just like fade away. I'm not a fan of that at all. And then to have this uncertainty of what happens afterwards. I mean, everybody has their their faiths and their beliefs and so on and so forth. But we have no certainty of what actually happens. And I don't I don't like that idea. Like, you know, it's like, is there an afterlife? which religion or which beliefs am I supposed to have to get to this afterlife? Is there a dress code, a cover charge? I don't know. Like whatever. Like I like to know where I'm going, what my destination is before I book my flight. You know, um, I don't like this, this uncertainty. And I don't think we should just be settling for, well, we just have to believe, or, you know, it's like, or some people would say the energy of us lives on. It's like, what does that mean? I don't, to me, it just sounds like a lot of, you know, like new age pseudoscience and or and I just I don't like the idea of just believing things for no good reason. Right. Mm-hmm. I think I think as we as humans, it's up to us to actually find out what the real truth is and actually to put in these efforts to find what the real answers are. And, and if we don't have them, then I should we should also find answers within ourselves, how to better ourselves as a society. And I I really do believe that this whole process of our bodies, like deteriorating and dying or whatever, if anything, it it could just be an engineering problem inside of our own bodies, like something maybe within our DNA or something that needs to be, maybe there's a little switch in there that needs to be activated for lack of a better term. And I think until we really do have the answers, I think we should definitely put a lot of our studies into life extension and into being able to preserve our bodies. Like a friend of mine told me this a long time, like years ago, he said, like, he saw something where it said that our hearts were meant to live 
to last for 200 years. Right. And then, and then, you know, the question is like, well, why, why, how come we're dying so early? And then it's like, you think of the environment around us, you think of the food we eat with the air that we breathe, stuff like that. Right. So I think we should definitely find these answers and to keep preserving our lives and to keep, and, and also to find out if there's anything out there as well. You know, I really, because I really do want to know the answers for sure. I think that's Mm -hmm. an answer that we need to have for certain. Yeah, I can understand that. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry to hear about the folks close to you that you've, that you've lost that. That sucks. No, for sure. I do want to touch on that. Just share another perspective. And it kind of, it was just a moment in time that like really reshaped the way I feel about like what could happen to us. Mm -hmm. So um, I went skydiving when I was 20 up in Northern California with a few of my fraternity brothers in college. And Mm -hmm. I remember that moment of, you know, being 10,000 feet in the air in this really rickety plane that you like, you take off in it, but you don't want to land in it. That's like (laughs) more motivation to like go to actually do the skydiving. Like, (laughs) I don't know if this plane's going to land. We got to get out of (laughs) here. Exactly. And I had this dude who looks like a hell's angel strapped to my back and encouraging me and like saying, it's going to be great. And like, and I'm terrified. And I grew up a real worrier. I worried about anything that I didn't have control over. And I remember tipping out of that plane and starting to tumble through the sky when I, I had this kind of, I guess you could call it an epiphany. It was, uh, I recognized that I have to like trust that this other person attached to me knows what they're doing and that I have no control over a lot of shit. And one of the things that I really realized that I have no control over is, is when I will die. I can put my hand in it as much as I can. I can like not step in front of a bus when I'm crossing the street. Um, I can, you know, try to be as safe and as conscientious and, and put good food, nutritious food in my body and exercise and try to keep my parts working to the best of their ability. But there's a lot of shit I don't have control over. And I found it tremendously freeing Mm. for me. And it's kind of shaped how I view death because I've lost some people close to me as well. And um, some people were gone far too early. You know, it felt like they had more to give. But I I try to, I've seen people's lives because, you know, right now our lives are finite. When someone dies, I try to just sort of like thank, I'm thankful for my time with them. And, you know, I just try to soak up the time that I get with the people that I have while they're there. And it's like, Mm -hmm. just remember that it it could be tomorrow. Yes. For me, for you, for Adam, for my cat, it could be. (laughs) Yeah, mine too, right? Right. Not my cat. She's going to live forever. (laughs) <laughs> That's and, and you know, and maybe we have a lot to learn from her. Uh, JP, maybe you can, you and Adam's cat could figure yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna have to have a cat day, guys. We're gonna have to, you know, a cat together. Yeah, y- y'all and uh, Ponce de Leon can figure out this whole fountain of youth thing. <laughs> hey, um, Jedi, you're okay with that? <laughs> nah, he's sleeping. <laughs> so I just I worry so little about when my death is going to be, and I just try to enjoy things while they happen, and I just like and. If it's tomorrow, then I, I try to just make peace with the fact that I lived as, as good a life as I could while I had it. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's interesting you bring that up because like a couple of days ago, I remember I was um, coming off the freeway, you know, just so, and about to turn right onto the, to the main street and stuff. And, you know, I was looking at the lights, it looked like it was clear, you know, as I was pulling out, but all of a sudden I, it's a good thing I braked in time. Cause like there was this dude in a Navy blue Tesla and he was like coming right toward it. He would like, most likely he would have T-boned me. Or at least hit the side or something, but yeah, yeah it's it, he came to a stop on a dime, and I'm just when I think back to it, I'm like that could have been really nasty, right, yeah. for both of us, but especially for me, yeah, right, <laughs> totally. And I'm just as you were saying these things, I was thinking about like I was imagining my body just feeling taking the the full impact of this speeding ass Tesla ass, right? Like that could have been really, really bad. And that could have been the end of me. And mm-hmm. poof. Yeah. Ugh, that sucks. We better yeah. get this invincibility quick. <laughs> we got to work on this fast. Okay. You know? okay. Yeah. Like, and I'm, even the invincibility thing, like you survived that car wreck, but how, like, do you also like heal 
on your own, or are you just like all mangled and shit? But you live. Like I don't want no, that. I, no, that would I definitely would not. Want. I would want like a quick heal, like Wolverine type. Like you heal like, like almost instantly. You're just right? living as a puddle on the fucking street. <laughs> that would oh, be the no. worst ever. Like, Happy birthday! Yeah, somebody raised my hand. It's in that puddle over there on the floor. Like, like no, help me blow out the candles. <laughs> right. He's like, no, no, please. No, I just, yeah, I want to be able to have that quick healing thing, you know, where it's like you, you accidentally fall over the grand Canyon and it's either you're just hitting every rock and bump on the way down. <laughs> like that episode of the Simpsons when Homer was getting bloodied on the, yeah. right. And then you just get up at the bottom. You just, I'm fine. Everything he goes, ah, it's a crazy fall, man. Somebody, <laughs> nobody put a railing there yet. No, it's yeah. a, ah, Ripped my shirt and everything, you know? All right. These have been so far two very good opinions in that we've killed like almost an entire episode's worth of time talking about them. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Which, no, that's good. That's very good. And Mm. I don't know if we'll talk about this one as much, but it might be a little controversial. And, you know, just to bring the room up, let's talk about something yeah, yes. a little more upbeat and happy. <laughs> yes, we just destroyed everyone's spirit. I don't have the energy for the Ice Cube one. I'll bring it up <laughs> another time. I'll just, I'll tease everyone once again and say it's my pet theory that I've never explained, which is that Ice Cube is a f- fed. <laughs> I, I think Ice Cube's a cop. I'm sorry. He has never been canceled for being our nation's premier anti-Semite for the past three decades. But let's <laughs> end it on something lighthearted. There's no best version of pizza. Mm. I don't I don't care if you're from Detroit. I don't care if you're from Chicago. I don't care if you're from New York. It's time we just start celebrating pizza in all its forms. There's here, no here. bad yeah. version of pizza. Like, if you yeah. think a Chicago deep dish is bad, what's wrong with you? Like, I mean, it's a pizza it's pretty casserole. Damn delicious. It's a pizza. Yeah. Ca- it's an event pizza. It's a, yeah. I just passed the bar. Let's get a Chicago deep dish. <laughs> like, yes. it's not an every night pizza. It's a party pizza. Yes. It's, it's like a special occasion pizza. Detroit deep dish, great. A little too much bread. It's like eating a loaf of bread that pizza fell onto. But still great. <laughs> New York pizza, overrated, but I get it. I get, why can't I go out and get a slice of pizza at 4 a.m. in L.A.? Because you don't need pizza at 4 a.m. And the only Mm -hmm. reason you can do that in New York is because your bars stay open until 4 a.m., which is fucking absurd. Close your bars at 2 a.m. like dignified folks. (laughs) Right, like go the fuck to sleep. Yeah, like that's why you can't find pizza at 4 a.m. in L.A. because our bars closed two hours ago and you're on meth. Just go to a fucking Denny's or something. Right. Like I've never had a truly bad version of pizza. Like, and I don't get why of all things, that's what we need to be culture wars over is nope. Chicago deep dish is bad. There's no bad pizza. I mean, there's bad pizza, but that's like on an individual pizza maker basis. Like if they fuck up the sauce or something, but all pizza's good. It's all good. Yeah, absolutely. I know this one Italian chick and she was just bashing the shit out of of New York pizza and American pizza. And it's like, this is not how we Italians make it and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, that's great. That's you guys make it your way. Fantastic. We, you know, other people have their own interpretations. Like, you know, we don't all have to be the same. I mean, we can, if anything, be glad that, that the food that is a norm in your country is being celebrated all over the world. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's a lot more awesome than not, than whether or not they make it the exact way that your grandma used to make it. Yeah. Not we're not your grandma. You know? Yeah. Yeah. We in Italy. Okay. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I've been to Italy. I've been, I've been to Napoli where pizza was claimed to have been invented. 
Uh-huh. Um, I was told the story about it. It took place in around 1820. You know, a Spanish queen was coming to to that part of Italy, and her name was her name was Marguerite. And they mm-hmm. wanted to create a dish to welcome her that represented the area. And so they came up with this sort of flatbread that had the red tomato sauce, it had the white mozzarella, and it had the green basil, the colors of Italy. Nice. And it became the margarita pizza. And it was very tasty. But I've had good, tasty. but I've had but I've had good pizza here too. It's just yeah. it's a little bit different. Yeah. And it is it is so self-centered for anyone to expect things to be exactly the same. Yes. As it is where where they're from when they go to a new place. Yeah. I was just traveling in South America and I had pizza there too. Mm. I'm sure Italians would find that to be a monstrosity. Right. Uh, you know, it's a, it, it, it's it was it had, pizza in Thailand. Yeah. I mean, I, I see it mostly with Americans when they travel other places and they're just like, why can't I get Doritos here? It's like, <laughs> yeah, they just don't have those, man. Exactly. If you really want chips, I'm sure they got chips, but like, isn't the whole point of traveling to see some different shit? Yeah. yeah. To enjoy something that's new. Exactly. Like, wouldn't you rather eat the Dorito flavored spam that we have imported to this country? Try that. Right. Yeah. Or go, go to Thailand, have, have some lays that taste like crab curry at one <laughs> yes. of the seven 11s. Like you can't get that here mm-hmm. in California. Man, yeah. you read my mind. Then, then those, those crab curry um, um, lays were fantastic over there. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's nice to have something that's familiar, but does it have to be the same? Like if, if so, like why get on a plane? Why get on a, a yeah, road trip? Exactly. If it's, if it's all going to be the same, it's like how fragile is your understanding of your ability to survive that you can't handle there not being a Chili's when you get to Mexico city. Yeah. Like, yeah. And yeah, I, exactly. I hate this idea that, like any kind of food needs to be one thing. Like I make the best chili Mm. and my chili involves tomatoes and beans. And there are people out there who are like, chili made with tomatoes and beans is blasphemy. Motherfucker, my chili will stab your chili in the throat and dispose (laughs) of its body in a way that no one will ever find it. My chili is God level and it involves Mm. tomatoes and beans. And I'm not backing down from that. Like no one has ever tasted my chili and been like, man, fuck, it's got beans in it. No, no, it's just good. It's good. Yeah. Yes. And I don't doubt that someone could give me chili that doesn't have beans and tomatoes in it. And I would be like Manhattan Chili Company. They used to be in the basement of Grand Central Station in in manhattan their chili was just meat and sauce and it's my second favorite chili of all time behind my chili which Mm. has beans and tomatoes so i get it i get that your version can be good but my version can be good too and i don't like of all the hills to die on i don't get it being things like Ooh, pizza crust should be thin or there shouldn't be beans and chili, man. It's yeah. cooking. So yeah. if, I, if, I, if I want pineapple on my pizza on a deluxe pizza, you're goddamn right. I'm putting pineapple on oh, a pizza. Well, That's just delicious. You've, you've crossed a line. What <laughs> the fuck? God damn it. You know what? I can't get I'm no joking. love I, anywhere I go. <laughs> can't get no fucking love for pineapple on pizza. I used to hate it, but then I tried a pineapple pizza pepperoni jalapeno pizza mm-hmm. fuck yeah that, right that's yeah, yeah, yeah great. exactly that's, that's good Hell it just yeah, has to be good. made well yeah yeah yes. the ham and pineapple isn't my thing but i get it like yeah I ha- yeah i'm not a fan of ham and pineapple but the other stuff like like yeah. put, put pineapple on a pizza with like pepperoni sausage mushrooms green peppers olives yo that's it just just carry me across uh, the threshold at that point fucking that love should, pizza i think right that, that's the point I, I just love pizza. I think yeah. it's the unsung hero of healthy foods. I really do. Cause it has all the food groups. Yeah. It's not the most unhealthy thing. And you'll find a lot of nutritionist types will tell you that, especially if you skip the pepperoni and the sausage mm. then you're just eating like a, 
a flatbread. Yeah. 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 It's not the worst thing you can eat. I de- it's definitely not the best thing you can eat, but it's like, it's, yeah. you know, I think it's fine, but yeah, I just, I feel like people limit their experiences when they feel like something should be the way it was that they're familiar with. Yes. Yeah. Just like you claimed to have the best chili. I, I think my mom makes the best brownies. Mm-hmm. And sure, it's it may be because colored because I I grew up with them, but like I've tried other brownies, and most mm-hmm. of them are most of them are dry, flaky, dog shit. Yeah, and my mom does a really nice job with them. You know, she she could tell you the recipe, but it's like there's a lot of measurements that are kind of missing. You got to just kind of feel it out. But when I go have a brownie at a party somewhere else other than my parents' home. I don't shout like, why isn't this mom's bread? Why isn't Anne making these brownies? Why didn't you call Anne? It's like, it's like it who's Anne? <laughs> this isn't a real brownie. This 33-year-old's having a tantrum at a child's birthday party in Riverside. What's going on? He, he just flipped the table over onto these four-year-olds, and now he's yeah. storming down the street. Like, relax, bro. Yeah. So, yeah, let's just agree as a society to just celebrate pizza in in all its forms unless it doesn't have red sauce on it then that's (laughs) even better a combination of red sauce and pesto Mm. i'd be down to try that yeah Mm. i would would do that all the time at pizza rev yo that was my jam some make some tomato sauce with some pesto sauce okay that does sound tasty i like my look See, now the Caribbean side is coming on me. Bye, look. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that's our episode. This was a really good episode. Thank you both for doing it. Thanks for having me. No, thanks for having me, man. Good times for sure. This was lots of fun. What do we have to plug before we get out of here? JP, how about you? Uh, Let's see. Um, Find me on social media, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. This is JP Brown. Um, I stream on Twitch as well. uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 7.30 p.m. Pacific time. If you want to have some laughs, watch some video games, stuff like that, because I'm a huge gamer. If you are, come join me. I'll be performing on that. I, I got some shows. I got some shows on my social media. Come check <laughs> check them out there. And I, I feel like a YouTuber every time. I'm like, hey, man, come check me out. It's here, here. Like, just, just, just check my social media. You'll find me. All right. Smash I'll put flyers up in the like yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Go ahead and give a thumbs up. <laughs> Stuart, how about you? You can find everything about me at my website, stuartthompsoncomedy.com. That's S-T-U-A-R-T. My socials, most places are um, at Stuart B. Thompson, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. And I'm performing all over California right now. I'm planning uh, some summer tour dates all over the country and uh, maybe even beyond this country. So uh, if you are interested in coming to see a show, I would love to see people at a show. But um, best place is to check my website or follow me on socials. That's where I update everything. So, uh, and I have an album that people can listen to. Uh, it's called Dandy Man. It's uh, you can stream it anywhere. It's also on Sirius XM. Um, I, I I still get payments from Sirius, so they must be playing my song <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I, I would love for you to listen to it. And if you like the album, tell a friend. Oh yeah, do that. And uh, AdamToddBrown.substack.com. You can read my writings there. There's a bunch of stuff behind a paywall, so if you haven't read it yet, you can start doing that, and I'll be updating it more soon and then there's a lot of changes with the network coming soon so bolo for that and i have to piss like a racehorse so let's get the fuck <laughs> out of here Stuart, say goodbye bye y'all jp say goodbye uh stay safe stay sane stay healthy stay awesome weed munchies are kicking in i'm getting some food thanks for coming out y'all <laughs> goodbye everybody we love you <laughs> <laughs>